0: This is Ion Health delving into your overall well-being with
1: Arab Health on Dubai Eye
0: 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. Fantastic to have you with us on Eye on Health, brought to you by Arab Health here on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are, believe it or not, two years into a pandemic. Look back on how much has been accomplished and ultimately how we as the UAE have responded and evolved in the wake of COVID-19. Looking outside to other industries where things have been adopted for the betterment of our health as a society. We're talking to some some incredible guests we've got brandon Robri the ceo of digital health at asta and dr Ahil goyle the senior vice president of clinical engagement at malafi abu dhabi and consultant family medicine at mediclinic middle east we are talking about the evolution of covid and how different countries have been adapting to it over the course of well two years now And joined now by the CEO of Digital Health, we've got Brandon Robry joining us from Asta. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us today at what I'm sure is a very busy time for you. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and what you're doing historically, BC, before COVID?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's a a pleasure and honor to be here. BC, before COVID, I know you said it's only two years, kind of feels like 10 years for some of us, doesn't it? Uh, Especially those of us in healthcare. Oh my goodness, it has been, uh, it has been quite a ride, but uh, it's not over yet, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So before COVID, Uh, If you're talking about me personally, what I was doing, I actually was working at the Abu Dhabi Investment Authority, big sovereign wealth fund in Abu Dhabi for the last five years. And then previous to that, uh, uh, had held some positions with the Mayo Clinic in America, as well as United Health Group and have been a health tech investor and those kinds of things. And now I have the honor and pleasure of of heading up digital health for Aster, the largest uh, healthcare network in this part of the world.
0: So, what does that actually mean? And when we think about the last two years, how has your day to day changed and even the wider space of digital health within Asta?
1: Uh, the, the, the space has changed quite a bit. So, if you were to ask me two years ago where digital health would be today, I would have said, well, two years farther than it was before, right? The adoption rates with the technology, mm-hmm. people actually using it. I think what we've actually seen is about a decade leap forward in terms of adoption of digital health, people getting into the space, investment moving into the space and where it's going. Why I say that is because as you look through the various waves of COVID that have come, there's naturally a peak in not only what happens with COVID, but also what happens with kind of your normal virtual care, the ability to talk to your doctor online, do all those kinds of things. And you expect it to kind of peak out and then come crashing down. Well, you do see those peak outs, but the crashing down isn't as far as As one would expect so from pre-covid levels we are still significantly higher Uh, and i think people right we as human beings we sort of have to be forced into doing something and changing before we're actually willing to make that change and now that many people have been forced into doing that they didn't want to go to the hospital to the clinic to the pharmacy and therefore they're using these tools they come back after two or three times of doing that and go that's not so bad this is the normal now. actually that's that's even normal i do that in my other Parts of my life. Why don't I do it in this part of my life? And more mm. people are adopting these things. And as as healthcare providers, um, we're we're also developing better solutions with a lot of great technology partners and others too to make it more like what we do in all the other aspects of our lives. Right? Healthcare has kind of always been a little bit behind you know, from a from a consumer or a patient um, angle. And understandably, we're, we're trying to catch up. Uh, you know. yeah, under, absolutely, understandably. You, you know, we we never thought about not going in to see the doctor if you need to go in to see the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty strange to think about. But as younger generations come, as the technology gets better, as we get better at being able to provide that care more virtually, we're actually seeing quite an uptick. So that kind of a decade-long maturity path now that is so much faster is is a really exciting to me. Obviously, I'm fairly biased about it because this is what I do. Uh, but it's neat to see people being able to access more affordable healthcare. Now that they even didn't have a chance to uh, two years ago, I don't want to say thank you, COVID, because that is absolutely the wrong. No, listen.
0: I will always find find a a positive. Yeah, a positive in the pandemic, I think, is always worth acknowledging. But I think, I think that's a really interesting point that we are at a real tipping point because we are seeing, of course, digital learning for its sins. We have got ordering food through our phones. We've got dating, you know, all these aspects, as you say, that have become very much the norm. But a lot of people understandably really being a little bit reluctant to extend our our trust to the telehealth of different tools until there has been you know, a rocket put underneath us, which has been coming the, in the form of COVID-19. And I think it's really interesting to think of our future selves looking back at 2022 and going, oh, do you remember before that we would have to take time out of our day and block off. That's
1: right. can, you, can you imagine your, your to drive to the doctor or, you know, or grandchildren? Be like, wait, you took a day off completely just to go spend fifteen minutes with a doctor, and an you would sit in a waiting somewhere. room it with so, sick right. people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why are you doing this with all the technologies? But again, we learn and we move forward. But what's what's fun about digital health too is there's so much more than just you and me talking online or you Mm -hmm. and your doctor talking online right there's there's the whole pharmacy and prescriptions that can now be nearly virtual as well there's an ability to help people who have chronic conditions and other things actually get the care that they need Mm -hmm. again without completely interrupting and impacting their life. Again, they, they more frequently than those of us who don't have, suffer from chronic conditions have to take off more time from work, spend more money doing that, et cetera. Tools and technologies can come to the fore where they don't have to do that either. That's one of the things I'm really excited about uh, pushing forward.
0: Brandon, can I ask you about that prescriptions element? Because it's something that I've never really understood because I, sure. maybe, maybe I have a deviant mind, but my, my immediate thought is this is something that could be abused. Are you able to explain? And let's use myself as an example. Let's say I need to pick up a prescription for an ongoing medication. I have a doctor. Okay. I know the medication I need, um, but I'm slammed this week. I, I know I'm, I'm broadcasting from here. I've got kids there. Well, how does it actually work in, in making sure that I get that medication, which let's say is a controlled substance, perhaps in a in a timely and easy fashion?
1: Okay, well, if this is a medication that you're already on, and you just need to refill it, for example, let's say you have a chronic condition, and you just need to refill that, you've already been into the doctor numbers of times, uh, you're, you're diagnosed, etc. And you need to get another 60 or 90 days worth of that prescription. Normally, what you'd have to do is Take time off work, go back in, see the doctor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now with digital health, like the app that's right b- behind me, you can actually schedule a virtual appointment to see that doctor, just like you should. You know, he or she will then check on on the um, diagnostics and things they need to check on to make sure you're good, and then we'll prescribe you that medication for another sixty or ninety days. And assuming that that you have done that all properly, then that medication. Through our app or many of the other health providers' apps, can actually go straight to the pharmacy, be fulfilled, and you could either pick it up at your, you know, local pharmacy, and/or uh, it can be delivered to you as well.
0: It's like tomorrow's world.
1: Um, but all, it- all completely integrated and officially, you know, government compliant, everything with it. Because again, controlled substances could actually could could definitely be abused mm-hmm. anywhere. We want to make sure that that is that that. that that is next to impossible to do in the digital world, just like it is in the offline world. And that's one of the things that governments are most afraid of as well, is ooh, through this new digital thing, will there be more fraud? Will there be there more abuse, et cetera? Actually, the answer is no, because we can follow not only the same processes, but more secure because we've, we have digital records mm-hmm. of all of those things real time at our fingertips and, uh, and, and the delivery process, et cetera, can be managed in a very good way. So it, that's exciting for those who don't have to take time uh, to do that, but still can help to control their health and health conditions.
0: I mean, obviously, there are some limitations in terms of the the hands on uh, examinations and things. Naturally, are there certain yep. sectors of um, healthcare that lend itself particularly well to digital health, and others that will perhaps stay in that more traditional realm for a bit longer?
1: Uh, certainly, certainly there are. you know, I mean, it's uh, pretty difficult to get a major surgery. <laughs> Uh, without actually yes. physically going somewhere <laughs> to get that happening. No, we don't have complete mobile surgery units by robots that are coming to your house to replace your knee for you, right? That's that's not in my foresight quite yet. Maybe someday that will be. However, uh, things like small uh, day-to-day things, managing your chronic conditions, for example, diabetes or, or other conditions that one may have, can certainly... Um, happen that way. Typical conditions, there's also an opportunity for post-discharge when people are in the hospital and then have to and and can now go home and be managed from home where Mm -hmm. they still need a bit of care. That is something as well that virtual and digital health can play a big, big role in as well as helping our, what we call payers, insurance companies, governments, manage large populations of people and their health, it can do a, a really good job at that. It's just anything that, that you know, you specifically need to touch or feel or cut into or remove, obviously that is the thing. However, I will say that the technology for, if, you, if you've seen the, what surgery has done over the last number of years, with little little tiny small incisions what looks like a, a straw going into you to remove this it, it's just it's just fascinating and the recovery time with that when you match it up with digital health is uh it, you know it just blows away what you even would have considered 10 years ago
0: and it's going to be incredible to see what the next 10 years brings and it does feel like covid has been in some ways in, in your words, kind of a much needed catalyst for some of the technology that might have been you know, tinkered with behind the scenes and going on perhaps without, you know, many of our knowledge. Can can I take yeah. you back two years? I think it was about two years since I first heard the dreaded words COVID-19.
1: Yes, it was. Well, let's see. I mean, it's January now mm-hmm. uh, in the UAE. I was in Abu Dhabi at the time. I think it was March, beginning of March, something like that. But so. Those words came and we didn't. they just said, oh, for two weeks, we're going to do this thing, right? And nobody had any idea of what it was. The government, you know, leapt in the place. We were all kind of locked down at home. I remember my children were learning from home. I was oh, working man. from home. And then it just kept <laughs> two weeks became another two weeks, became another couple of months. All the airlines were shut down. And fortunately, we're in a much different situation now. But who would have known that two years later, we're still seeing that? I mean, right now we're going through the Omicron wave Mm -hmm. and that's going around the world and that you know is spreading like wildfire. Fortunately the government's here in the in the UAE are managing that quite well and uh, we're we're managing through it, but it's still it's still with us.
0: Exactly. You know, I'm hearing the phrase, you know, post-pandemic world quite a lot. And as you alluded to earlier, it's certainly not a post-pandemic world. But we are, while cases are currently rising and perhaps we've never had as many active cases ever before. We are in a very different place now and the vaccinations being a huge, huge part of that in we terms yes. of... Uh, well, of course, um, immunity, but also in terms of severity of symptoms as well. So I don't want it to be doom and gloom um, in that we are still wading through a pandemic because an awful lot of us are doing a lot better than we would have been. But, but we are. Let me,
1: let me touch on that just a minute, because we are in a very, very different point. Last March, when this first started, the governments, not only here in the UAE, but around the world, essentially got to healthcare providers really quick and said, you do whatever you need to do. To save people's lives, right? Because we, nobody had an idea. Remember, this was complete doom and gloom. I mean, here at Astor, we took over hotels. We stood up. We're in we're in ten different countries here in this uh, area of the world. We we stood up hospitals within days. We uh, we did things that. That governments gave us a little leeway to do just because we could do them fast and get people done. Now it is a very completely different story. Now you need to do things in the proper order and making sure they're done well and we have capacity to manage those kinds of things, even though we're still going through it. So, hats off to both the healthcare system as well as the governments around the world for. Reacting in a needed way, so so it wasn't you know worse than it is, and we can get to the place we are today much better. Um, and you know we'll probably see more renditions of COVID. Right? I'm not making predictions, but no, this is we, just how these things work.
0: That's how a virus works and evolves, and it will be something yeah. that we that we live with on an ongoing basis. But you know, take to take you back to that time where you were getting phone calls saying this is what we're facing and this is what we need from you. How quickly do you think the healthcare industry was was able to react? And respond, and what ultimately was put in place back in those early days?
1: Uh, They were, speaking specifically of the UAE and and countries around here, uh, they reacted very, very quickly. I mean, it was all hands on deck uh, within a matter of days. Uh, Aster, for example, uh, reacted within days to get these things stood up to put people on shift, and people were volunteering in order to to make sure uh, that they could be in a position to make people's lives um, more safe and better. Uh, they stood up the the first One Aster platform in, in other areas similar to this, though not exactly the same, literally within days. That was how fast it went. Uh, it kind of broke all the sort of piloting and experimentation rules of what you wanna do and then you launch it to your customers. It's no, we go right now in order to make it happen. And, and that's what they did. Not all of it was super successful, but a lot of it uh, taught them what they could do to push that engine, uh, excuse me, to push that boundary a little bit to, to make sure that people were aware of what was going on and to frankly, to take care of the most vulnerable. So hats off to all the various healthcare systems here in the UAE, in the GCC, in India, et cetera, to stand that up to didn't make it worse. And, and then also now we're taking the learnings from that and, and being able to put some of those things in place so that uh, that we can make lives better today. and. God forbid uh, for another pandemic or something else that were to come at way where we can do that a little bit better I think the UAE had a lot of good flexibility in the system it also had a lot of capacity for people who were willing to put in a lot of time and effort in order to uh, in order to you know make people's lives
0: better. If- I mean, looking back on a personal basis, it was quite miraculous, wasn't it? So, you know, we were given some very clear directives of, you know, this is your app that you use to apply for your permit to go to the supermarket. Right. This, this you know, right. um, and then we, then we look at the Al Hassan app, for example, and the way it's been so clearly regulated. There hasn't been any room for misinterpretation, which has been unfortunately the case for many countries around the world. These these grey areas. We've we know we've got a compliant society. We have got clear guidelines, um, recommendations that are layered up to ultimately keep society safe. And as a result, I feel really lucky to be here in the UAO the last couple of years. Yeah, we're very blessed
1: to be in the country that we're able to be in. Absolutely. And that's why so many people come this great country uh to take advantage of not only the lifestyle here but the the safety how good it is for Mm -hmm. for the kids for business etc because they know what they can expect uh, and hopefully we can you know just continue to push the edge on on, uh, on the, what we're able to do for them.
0: And it is a society government that is really fast to embrace change and innovation um, and be really forward-thinking. And I think this is a really good example of, of this in practice. You know, speaking um, to your role as CEO of Digital Health, were there any industries that you look to outside of healthcare, any technologies or tools that you thought, actually, this could be really well applied <laughs> to what we're going through?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, so... The Better question might be, which industries did we not look at outside of healthcare? Because there's so many, and frankly, many of them, I would say most of them are further along in their use of the technologies and how the processes work. In fact, I'm building a digital team right now across many parts of the world. And when I'm looking at the talent of where it's coming in at where I'm attracting people, the majority of those people don't come from a healthcare background. They've worked in auto, they've worked in finance, they've worked you know, in, in food delivery, right? Wherever, wherever the digital um, waves are bringing them. And we, we've learned a lot, for example, from the finance industry, I'll just call that one out. Banking, finance, etc. is much, much further along, understands the consumer experience mm-hmm. process much better than we do. Obviously, they do something very different. But just the way that they go about using it, the accessibility. And They've also this, and the, the security as well.
0: When you, know, when you look right. at money, thinking about financial and data breaches, this is absolutely key. And healthcare is no different when you're looking at precious data. That's exactly right. Your financial
1: data has to be rock solid, secure. Your healthcare data, absolutely, right? There is no room for breaches or something finding out about that and governments are really specific about you know the data being within the country and how that gets used so we can learn a lot from our colleagues on other sides of the mm-hmm. financial uh, excuse me of the digital aisle uh, on that one so the fin- finance industry i would point to is one that we've learned a whole lot from i'll say from a consumer standpoint though we've learned a lot from the fast-moving consumer goods companies and the delivery companies and others because they live and breathe on what the consumer and customer wants Mm -hmm. right if you develop something that they don't want, you just don't get any sales, right? You, you, you go straight down. And we in healthcare can learn a lot from that in treating our patients like customers, like consumers, uh, and, and really orienting ourselves around them, less around the healthcare system in general and more around them. And I think that's where you're really gonna see digital health uh, make leaps and bounds over the next couple of years, so that people can use it just like they use all of these other technologies in the other parts of their lives.
0: Now, I'm, I have no doubt that you are somewhat biased to what I'm about to ask you, but what is talent like when it comes to digital health? Is this an area that's really attracting some of the best in the business, given just how much it's going to be expanding over the kind of short to midterm future?
1: <laughs> yeah, I am biased. Absolutely. Um, but hopefully in a good way. What I'm seeing is what, we're, what we find is the talent that want to move into digital health often come from. Other industries, they've got lots of digital background, but they seem to be also mission driven people who want an opportunity to give back and for them to talk about themselves and their kids, et cetera, and leave this kind of legacy with, hey, I'm not only doing something I really like to do, it's fast moving, uh, it's consumer patient oriented. But it's also on the healthcare side, there's something sort of a little bit personal mission mm-hmm. about that as well. It may be a little more important than getting my food delivery from 30 minutes to 20 minutes is helping people live live healthier lives. And so when we are attracting people, it's very interesting in almost all cases, as I talk with them about why would they want to come work for an Esther when they can work for an XYZ finance company, right? Or a fast moving consumer goods company. And at it, and it, many of the times, the most of the times it comes down to, well, I also want an opportunity because it fulfills my personal mission too. So where those things intersect, that's where we're finding the talent. And fortunately, there's lots of good talent that wants to be a part of this. And uh, we're, we're open to, to having you to push it forward.
0: That's really interesting. So it's not just about the technology and the excitement. It's also about those values being aligned. Um, yes. can, can I ask what the future might hold? Um, what, what are you working on behind the scenes at Asta in the digital health space that we as consumers, patients, customers could be availing of uh, over the course of 2022, or maybe even beyond?
1: Or maybe even beyond, yeah. And some of this, and you know, I won't, I won't uh, obviously divulge anything that can't be publicly known out <laughs> there. But I, I can tell you what, what you can already do. We've launched the One Aster app, uh, which you kind of see uh, behind me. Like many in the digital space, what you do is you launch a a minimum viable product first, right? Something that's that's a little less feature rich just to test it out with your consumers, customers, patients, et cetera. And that's what we've done. And then you continue to upgrade it. So you have the opportunity now to talk with your doctor online, to have your medical records in the palm of your hand to manage all of that. That's pretty standard right? Uh, and, and the next pieces are there's going to be a pharmacy that's coming online, like you and I talked about before, the, the ability to do not only non prescription over the counter medications, but also your, your pharma medications as well going forward. There's there is chronic disease management coming. There is a little bit of that in the in the GCC region today, but there's going to be a whole lot more about it. And so uh, the ability to to manage those conditions without having to completely upset your life or, or or do that in a different way. That'll be pretty exciting. There's an ability to have home care in your home that's coming down the pipe. There's gonna be an ability to have your diagnostics and your lab tests done fairly remotely as well. And, and, and understand and learn about them, not just get some funky scientific report yeah, the that you numbers. don't understand, you don't know where it is. You're gonna to start to see these apps perform much more like a consumer app, which means they'll be much more engaging. They're less static. There's a reason for you to continue engaging. Uh, because we want to be healthier, and, there's, and then of course, as 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 all that data continues to flow, one of the nice things about healthcare is we have some of the richest data sets in the world across any industry. Now, what we can do with those, with machine learning and AI, right, is stack that on top of that and actually start to to get in front of where people want to go and and, uh, and need to go. And that, frankly, is a really exciting future. That's a little bit further out because it takes more data and more uh, processing power to do it. Uh, but excited to see it come into that way, and then we're, we'll start integrate. You'll start to see these things integrating across sectors. So when I talked about finance or consumer goods or some of the others, some of the healthcare pieces will start to integrate with those as well. So pretty exciting future. Smidge biased. and hey, if you're great talent, come see me.
0: Um, I think that's a really interesting point that you know we're moving towards keeping people healthy and prevention rather than necessarily the treatment of diseases and and ongoing illnesses. And I just wanted to to quickly ask about, you know, wearables and other apps integrating as well. You know, I've got my smart, I don't know what watch you're wearing today, Brandon, but I know there's lots of, there you go, lots of data being gathered all the time, perhaps without us even realising. How do you think those are going to be working together in the future?
1: So that's actually been a long time in coming. We've been thinking about this, you know, the integration of some of these wearables and devices for many, many years and integrating them. The, The key there is there is a torrent, of data that comes off of all these things. The issue is if it's just data, the doctors and healthcare providers, it, it, it overwhelms them and it doesn't give them much. What it needs to be is data that, that gets put into an analytics engine that then gives you insights into why does that matter and how does that keep you healthy? Um, and that's the key. So that, for example, the apps, the platform that we're developing has ways to integrate that data so that you personally can keep track of all of the things that you want to on your health markers. It also has the ability now with the kind of Internet of Medical Things to integrate those various devices for your, for your doctor or, remember, is your care provider to take care of you there as well. Um, we're still figuring out how to dial that in, right? right? What's the, what's the right, what's too much mm-hmm. information? What's, what's just the right level of insights? And a lot of it has to do with what particular conditions that you might have. Or if you're just a consumer of health that just wants to keep yourself healthier, that's an, you have an ability to do that well. So you'll see that short time in coming. And uh, fortunately, we're going to try and be as agnostic as possible to particular devices so that you as a consumer or patient have your choice of how that gets done
0: really exciting time to be honest um and as you said, it is it really so, is some positives coming off the pandemic that you know should something happen again we're going to be a lot more prepared we're going to be a lot more open as a community to telehealth to testing um and to you know working with people, people like you to make sure that we're saving our time and our sanity hopefully as hopefully as well brandon thank you so much for joining us up next dr rahul goyle the senior vice president of clinical engagement at malafi abu dhabi he's also a consultant of family medicine at maddie clinic middle east in abu dhabi
1: Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8 with
0: Arab Health,
1: uniting the healthcare community through business and education.